0: My name is Christian Myers, and I am one of your hosts today, joined by my co-host, David Reed. Uh, Today, we have a special guest, Chris Thomas. He's currently a pararescue man in the United States Air Force, has been for uh, about 13 years, and he's now the first special warfare recruiter as a PJ. Um you talk about that a little bit? What, what is a
1: PJ? <laughs> what, is a yeah, PJ what does a PJ even mean? So back I'm guy, so I have no yeah, idea. <laughs> back in Vietnam, that symbol PJ was our call sign on the, uh, on the aircraft back then. So okay. kind of adopted that and we're pararescue jumpers. But now, we're, you know, basically it's a pararescue man. So if I were to explain this in layman terms, it would be we are able and have the capability to rescue anyone in any situation anywhere in the world. Yeah, and this yeah. is typically, you know, what, what kind of vehicles you guys run and usually in? Uh, HA 60s. We yeah. can hop in, you know, anywhere, really. It doesn't matter. You guys have to. Anyone. You don't do hardly any groundwork, though, right? We can, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if you're attached to a SEAL team or, you know, an a okay. SF team, depending if you're in special tactics, and sure, you can do that. I was at a rescue unit. So I did a lot of HA 60s, mm-hmm. CB 22s C 130, that kind of work. Um, but we also can do the civilian side. So sure you can do the military side, but yeah. civilian wise, let's serve example in Alaska. Yeah. They have a mountain rescue team. It's the PJs out there. Yeah, so okay. the guys are rotating overseas training and so on. And then the guys over here stateside are doing all the mountain rescue on Alaska. So I got lucky and I augmented them yeah. for <laughs> two months and like, Never got a hoist mission within two days. I'm, you know, 48 hours. I'm hoisting this guy off of mountain in the middle of the snow, man, which that, is a crazy story. That? that was in 20. I think I was in 2012 or so. On that's that's a crazy, I'll tell, it's, I'll it's tell funny you. Story. Yeah, I was you got, there, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, what, what kind of training are we looking at for this for the PJ pipeline? Like, so what we- first of all, you go through Indoc. Okay, I went through Indoc. now, it's called Assess and Select. It's a different process, but still very hard to get through. Hmm. You get selected as a PJ. And then you go to a combat dive school. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go to air Where most school. people are like drowning the yeah, whole time, so. right? I mean, blacking out. Yeah, going to uh, <laughs> I actually never blacked out, but I've gotten pulled out of the pool a few times. And back in the day, there was like no limit to blacking out. Like we had this one yeah. guy who actually is our first dog handler. Yeah. Um, PJ. Really? Uh, yeah. Her, and you guys jump with is,
0: these dogs too? Or are yeah, they jumping so out he, of the plane? He
1: does. He's the only one right now. Oh, man, um, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, he's got a dog. Her name's Callie, and, which is my daughter's name. It's funny. But... <laughs> First one, but he blacked out like 10 times. Oh, shit. So you talk about like that never quit attitude, like that kid just kept going and I going. mean, to be yeah. underwater and consciously choose to black out over swallowing water, I mean, that got to yeah, be intense, so right? The, the, Ready to die, the tunnel's fading going. and it's closing in around me. Yeah, and you're and not then, just doing underwaters, but just slick like in How many times like, do you, you get doing? to do that? Well, as many times as it takes to get to pass that iteration. Ooh, so okay. like, let's say we're doing, uh, we'll do a minute 30s we're kind of you know, going off, but like a minute 30 would be, okay, I'm going to start the timer. you're going to start your underwater 25 meters. And then you come back when it, the clock hits a minute 30, you have to go again. Mm-hmm. And then you do that five times. And depending on how good you are at swimming or freestyle on the way back to yeah, you know, kinda of, or how fast you are underwater. That kind of varies how much time, time right? yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. rest. Yeah. So would you and like so, recommend yeah. for people who are coming into this program to as opposed to just swimming miles and miles to maybe just focus on holding their breath for a little bit? <laughs> or so what? that's yeah, you know, that's that's funny you say that because I say that to a lot of my recruits. It's like so many guys are so worried about freestyling. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I gotta be like this Michael Phelps guy. And yeah. it's like, dude, no, you don't. Just be able to swim back efficiently so you can get back and have to hold your breath again. Yeah. So i t- i am I, big on like breath holding. Can you hold your breath yeah. for three to four minutes? If yeah. you can hold your breath for three to four minutes, which is very doable after about a month of training. Yeah. If I'm an instructor, which I was, I came in the water, guys. If you were to check heart rates on the pull deck yeah. before they went in the water, they were like jacked up to 110, 120. Oh, I bet. So oh, now man. your three yeah. minutes of breath hold is probably about a minute. Yeah. But that's it's- really all you need. There's nothing we do underwater that's like more than a minute underwater. We're not holding you down. We're not doing anything crazy. You put that all in yourself. Well, I gotcha. guess the real question is how long can you hold your breath? <laughs> I once hold my breath for five minutes. Oh, that man. Was my, that that was is my... Did you my just max. feel like you were down there for a lifetime or but what? The, but
0: the thing is, I'm <laughs> just floating like I'm in space. It's not like I was doing things, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. As soon as you act, you're act, you being active and you start moving around, heart rate starts going up, yeah, oxygen exactly. depletion. I'm yeah. pretty sure
1: I could hold my breath for like only 30 seconds nowadays. So.
0: <laughs> Not very
1: long. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. We had this, uh, this tech sergeant came in. It was like we had prior service guys come in. There, it was right when I was going through a selection course. And this guy, he was prior service. He comes in. He's like, I'm here to motivate you guys. I'm going to be on your team. The average baby can hold his breath or her breath for two minutes right now. Go ahead. <laughs> try it. So I know you guys can get through this course four minutes in. Go ahead and yeah, try it. Wait, first of, of all, I was like, hold on. What? <laughs> let, like, wait wait yeah, let me just grab a random baby real <laughs> like, quick and then I'll throw it in <laughs> so the water then, like, for two minutes. Like, and I remember he's like, how many pools can you guys, how many, you can do how many, 10, 15? I do, you can do 40 right now with a ruck on. Like, who baby. is this guy? And, and just, as in a, in a, a student in, this, in the pipeline, you're like, this guy's freaking a maniac. Yeah. Quit like four days in. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, you get that personality. Way too alpha.
0: Yeah, it's just
1: uh, <laughs> a lot of the big jack dudes. Muscles do not flow. Man, they,
0: yeah, yeah. they have trouble. And, and running water. with all that weight, too. I mean, yeah. running has endurance, thing. Yeah,
1: but a lot of it's just mindset. Sure. But yeah, so you go through, uh, you go to dive school. Yeah. You go to Airborne. You go to free fall, military free mm-hmm. fall. You learn how to skydive at night with MVGs on, with a ruck between your legs, kit on, all that jazz. And then, you know... Then you can go to your EMT basic. So you go through a certified like national registry, mm-hmm. you know, EMT basic, you do that medicine and then you go do your paramedic course, which is about six months. And you got to think about the comparison. Okay. You have six months as a EMT paramedic school, mm-hmm. but in the, in the civilian world, it's two years. Yeah. So we're just cramming it, you know, fire hose down your throat yeah. for six months. And we do a lot of various things. Like we'll smoke you guys for, let's say, all right, go out there and do 108 counts. And then go do this IV with the lights off, with the chem light under your nose, or under your tongue. Yeah. It's a little bit different from the civilian world. But I think in the end, it definitely helps uh, on missions and so on. You
0: think it creates yeah. a more
1: well-rounded person? Yeah. For- I, I, I mean, and again, that's my only experience. So I'm not exactly sure what the civilian courses sure. are doing, but it's definitely shorter. You still have to pass the exact same exam that anyone else has to do to get that register. And and right that team. translates into the civilian world after, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. One of my guys right now, he was a contractor overseas for a company, and he was making tons of money. But he was like, man, I don't feel like being gone anymore. So he came back home. and lives in Georgia. Mm. And uh, he's like, I'm just going to be a paramedic. I have mm-hmm. enough money saved up. I'm just going to be a paramedic. So yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. And it's not the greatest pay, but it definitely translates. He has that background as a... Of regular medic. Yeah, you uh, could probably so.
0: walk right into a fire station, ambulance company, anything like that yeah. after being a fully qualified PJ.
1: Well, the thing is, I think people think as like a combat medic versus uh, EMT is so different. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe on the ground, you're like pulling dragon dudes and you might do some evasive things that are dirt medicine is what we'd call sure. it. But once you get on a helicopter and you're doing, you know, 20, 30 minute, maybe an hour long travel to a hospital, mm-hmm. you're still doing those basics. You're starting lines. You're doing IOs. You're pushing blood. You're pushing TXA. You're pushing, which is like a cascading drug to make you clot a little bit faster. Like yeah. diff- different things that you're doing that a medic would do in the hospital. Yeah, def- a definitely. I want to get into fur- further detail yeah, with that. Absolutely. I mean, that, that is incredible because, you know, I, when I was medevaced out in 2010, you know, for me, it was like I have no idea after the medication they gave me what happened <laughs> yeah. on they the bird, gave you some you know? ketamine or something. Yeah. Like exactly, that. ketamine yeah. is exactly what they gave me. Here's and, a lollipop, uh, and I'll here's go. a here's a fentanyl pop, and you know, of course, every single one of us wants to
0: chomp down and chew that thing. You yeah. know, like, it's- <laughs> oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I yeah. just <laughs> and, tape it to your finger. Yeah. Yeah. Down.
0: Yeah. Don't so, bite on this. I t- Told them every single American we handed those things to, like, don't bite this. Stare at them in the face. Do not bite this. And they put it in their mouth. The first thing they do. Any, any other, <laughs> if you're from the UK, if you're from Denmark, oh, we'll yeah. sit there they and suck start, it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you hand it to an American. I, I, I won't lie. I puke. didn't even feel the taste when I did it because, I, you
1: know, probably because I was missing my leg. But <laughs> Yeah, and the, the, I think why we chose ketamine was um, just the effects of ketamine are, are a little bit better. Yeah. It's a disassociative. Yep. So yeah. like you take ketamine, you forget yeah, and, and that's it. Your but you're staying conscious it. the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. So so you get uh you get through Halo and and all your your EMT basic and paramedic, and then are you in the program or what's the next step? So yeah, you're this is the pipeline. So once you got past the selection course, okay. you are now invited to the pipeline where you could do these various schools. Um so then you will then go to Pararescue University. Yeah. So that's what it's called. PJU. Like PJU. And it's an apprentice course, so you're going to do shooting. You're going to learn how to use your M4, or your M9, or I'm not sure if they're still carrying the M9. I have to double-check on that. Don't quote me. I know some guys are, like, rolling out with Glocks now. You heard it like, here first. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. But you do that. Um, you're going to do some water rescue. How, how do you jump out of a helicopter in the middle of the ocean and you're saving guys and put them on litter? So all the cool stuff. guy shit. Yeah, that's, when in, that, that's what in that, that in the, the pipeline. The last six months. Do you, you have, do have a chance to DQ out of that section? Or is that just you've already made it through the training? No, that's a great question. Because guys think that like once they get to that point, like Mm -hmm. they've made it. Sure, you have everything it takes to make it. Yeah. But I've seen guys, at least even on my team, the last 12 hours got booted from the program. Uh, Completely. And that's got to be completely booted. Wow. um, And then one guy actually got to do it again the next course and he passed. But yeah, so you got to stay locked in no matter what. It's like an exam every single day. The anxiety. For how long is this? For roughly two and a half years. Yeah. So, you, oh man. And so you, you get, could get to the last so twelve hours. In I, <laughs> yeah. So I joined in two thousand eight January, and I didn't put my beret on until December twenty ten. Wow. Okay. So. And do, I mean, do it's, you typically go with a, a standard contract as well? Or are you doing a four year? or Does it have I to be six up for a six? Uh, just because I knew I was going to stay in. And yeah. If you look at like bonuses and different things, there's different reasons why you join. Sure. Uh, six, you can put yeah. rank faster at a, b- a basic training and so on.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, some guys are like not sure, so they do four. And if you're really not sure and you're kind of like I- I'm up in the air, I want to do this, maybe I'll just go as a reservist. Yeah. try it out. But I was a reservist for yeah. seven years. Th- you and started I was out on the reserves, orders for right? seven years, so you can always get on orders. Yeah. I was on active duty orders the entire time. So I was like, man, these guys were getting like hundred thousand dollar bonuses. And I wasn't. Yeah. I so was well. like, yeah, I just got this and this and that. And I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to go. You went in the duty. back door yeah. through <laughs> active duty, which is. Yeah. Know. So then I went active duty, became an instructor, a pararescue okay. instructor, yeah. and moved on. Now doing this. So, but nice. yeah, so that's you learn how to shoot, you learn how to move and communicate. And they take you and they mold you into this three level. And then they shoot you out to whatever unit you are, mm-hmm. either be special tactics or a rescue unit. And then you do another year of upgrade and then you're deployable. And then it's just okay. a constant cycle. Yeah. So what was that mentality for you when you first arrived? To basic training? No, no, no. To your unit. Oh, to my unit. So what's great is that we I think we got really lucky. We call, uh, we call ourselves the horsemen. So there's four of us that graduated together. One's about to be an anesthesiologist. One, you know, is like I uh, worked for a company overseas banked out bitcoin okay. freaking genius did his thing with that now he's the, the ambulance guy oh wow. and then the other one is there's just a crazy group that we had so yeah this other guy his name's tk tim klein he's out now so i could say his name <laughs> but he uh we're in afghanistan he's like you know what i have the mentality I, I got the grit man i'm gonna go walk onto the gators and go play football and we're like have you ever played football and he's like no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walk, walk onto I mean, the I'm, I'm Gators. I ball, walk on. and I watch I'm a football. big dude and I'm tough. So he just started like, jacking steel. Yeah. And he started doing deadlifts and this and that, sprints and this and that. Next thing you know, it, he's he, playing for the Gators. No shit. And what? <laughs> no joke. So That's then awesome. he was like, you know what? So we like to live through this kid. We're like, yeah. you know what? He goes, I'm going to move to Thailand mm-hmm. and become a professional fighter. So now he's like a professional fighter and just won a match last week, just kicking some dude's butt. So what you're wow. saying is when you, once you're a PJ you could do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> that, okay, <yeah>. so <laughs> I, always, I always tell my, my guys, I'm like, they always go, like, what, what can you do after? I'm like, well, you can do whatever you want. Whatever You, you have want. the mindset and the mentality yeah, to drive no through quit. anything yeah. you want. Yeah. And True. then my side is like, I'm going to go, you know, political science and run for mayor when I retire. Like, that's my goal. Yeah. Also, we'll like, get that, everybody. Two different,
0: Chris, you know, Thomas, different. running
1: for mayor. Yeah. But yeah, so what I'm going back to that is that when I got back to my unit, we had all four of us so, okay. a lot of guys will graduate. They'll go by, and they're by themselves during upgrade. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that kind of sucks, to be honest. So, you're doing everything. You're having to learn. But we're just bouncing ideas off each other. Are you getting treated differently by the other yeah, PJs so we, there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, we, uh, we were called pups. So Is that graduating from Cone? Were like, yes. For, so, you go from Cone. You know, cone, and, and they talk about the Conehead uh, PJ being a Cone in the pipeline is like, when you come out of the womb, like your head's a cone, so yeah. you're still a baby until you Maybe. put your bray on, and that's what, whatever, and your voice drops down like two <laughs> octaves, and blah blah blah, whatever, <laughs> and you get hair like this issued, and <laughs> yeah, it was standard issued hair, yeah, yeah standard, yeah. like, standard, standard. operating procedure. On my stand, I was like, Up. I mean, just going yeah. Yeah, yeah, every like, night, yeah, yeah. throw yeah. it just to throw the throw side, boom, Comes got down, the cone head right. right. still throw underneath first, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we worked together and we could bounce ideas off of. But yeah, guys treated us like, especially me, they're like. Thomas, don't jack this up. Like right before I'm about to go on the heel I'm like, yeah. I'm did like, they hey, say, "Hey, you know, Thomas, yeah. what happened to the H in your name?" Yeah, yeah, T O M E S. That's pronounced Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, like that's Thomas. Hey, Two mess. So, I mean, you could go on <laughs> <Yeah>. all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, S. <Yes>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah so Simplicity. Yeah. But yeah,
1: so it was a great group. We got very, very lucky. Super motivating. All different nice. personalities. But yet yeah, we were best friends. And we yeah. still are on the same text re- uh, thread that we had 10 years ago. No shit. Wow. So, I mean, That's got to you know, be annoying. It's be yeah. <laughs> it's just like nonstop. And everyone's like, you know, people. I'd be the guy so that like. chimes in like three years later. <laughs> like, and like, up, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm alive. I'm good. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So you create lifelong bonds then through through that yeah, hardship, I mean, is, right? It,
1: and it's not just pair rescues through yeah. how many how many friends and rangers that you you talk to and and your guys. and yeah. and it's and a small community of people. I mean, oh, absolutely. So. pJs run several hundred, you know, yeah. you, you guys got I think we have like five hundred right now. no, most of them. yeah, you know So definitely a small world, absolutely For sure. Yeah. So you get to your unit, you're you're getting settled in. And what's next? I mean, how quickly are you deploying? Do you have training next? Or what, you know, are you going through the medical procedures on how to operate overseas? What's going on? Yeah, so we definitely get intel on what's happening overseas. And we try to cater our training towards that. That's a big thing. Uh, But most of it is just getting line items Mm. checked off to become an MJ, which is a mission qualified PJ so you can deploy. Yeah. And a lot of our medicine that we do through the pipeline and even in our unit is relatively like the same as you would see overseas we try to okay. cater our scenarios to that and what's crazy is actually we actually went on one of the same missions yeah uh i remember we were we were like catering our mission back at home wait a minute you guys went on the same mission yeah we might have we like i think oh, we got to wow, clarify yeah. Yeah. so
0: you guys were deployed like what we were deployed at the, well, the same location yeah, yeah same location same time in, Yeah. yeah right outside Helmand province in afghanistan yeah, big, so we, we flew Pedro
1: for a while.
0: And yeah. Pedro was just
1: medevac, like, consistent missions, I think, within yeah. the three, the two deployments I was there, we racked up, like, 150-plus missions of just, like, yep. out. And you the guys, tarmac. yeah, you guys are moving. So so how quickly did you deploy after getting, you know, all your checklist items off? So I left um, about a year. So it was about okay. a year. Uh, we got our five-level pretty quick, actually. Yeah. So then we were, boom, we were out. And, uh... We just kind of run with it. Everyone thinks that, you know, as an operator, you're just like super squared away and this and that, but you really don't know until you get to the, the point like hands-on on experience yeah, is yeah, exactly. way better than, in my opinion, of knowledge. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So we talk about missions and so on going there. It was like a very surprising thing of like some injuries I've never seen before. So like mm-hmm. you do a tons of live tissue labs and stuff like that. And you think that you're going to be just fine. And I was telling him like my second helo mission, I cracked a guy. Yeah, and it was yeah, like, holy just, cow, the only time I ever did that was in training. Like, am I doing the right thing? And you know, I always talk about like never d- never right. Tell rise us in. what that means, real quick. So Crike is basically just cutting open their throat. I'm sure everyone's seen that to get a tube down because yeah. you cannot get it in their in yeah.
0: their mouth. You cut open their esophagus and yeah, you know, so that's a crazy story just for Just the old online. trick with oh, the straw work. I mean, yeah. you could do <laughs> that. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> that's, essentially <laughs> that's what it is. So I'll tell this story.
1: It's pretty emotional. Um, and it's pretty crazy and small. We talk about small worlds. So yeah. This mission was, uh, we have lead bird, which is the, the helicopter that's in front. And then you have your trail bird. Well, in the pararescue world, trail bird always has a little bit more, they have more medics on there. So we have three yeah. medics, an element leader and two PJs, all PJs, but they yeah. all can do medicine. And then the lead bird has a team leader and then the crow, which is more up and out. And then one, one uh, PJ for the medicine. So mm-hmm. they land, they do this benign mission. They pick up this guy. We take off and then we get fragoed right in the middle of it and they're like hey there's another guy who got shot in the helmet Fragoed? yeah basically oh sorry yeah Fragg- so basically like, or, yeah. like yeah like retast- during a mission just for a retast- I'm a military yeah, yeah, yeah. guy but you know for our listeners so out good, there so you get a frago yeah you're out in it. yeah so <laughs> basically like they're like, you threw a grenade? Hold like, on, what did you
0: do? You threw a grenade yeah. from a helicopter <laughs> and took out crows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, okay, For, fair enough. So a combat rescue officer is more of our like up and out, you know, takes care of the team and aircraft and just coordinates everything that's going on yeah. on the ground and so on. Well, we get FRAGO. So basically it's a, a mission inside of a mission. So we have to go and do that, do that mission depending yeah. on what it is. So you look at like a nine line, you use an enemy in the area, how many patients, what are you going to need equipment wise and so on. So, uh, we land into this area and we, on the, on the nine line, it said, he'd just been shell shocked and he had been just shot in the helmet. He's fine. Okay. So we, we get off the helo and next thing you know, we're already taking shots at this helo. So you got to, as an element leader on this, on the, you have to make the decision of, do I need to tell my helo pilot and my gunner, like, Hey, I'm radioing out, hey, you need to take off because we're taking fire. Or how close are these guys to yeah. so the point of where I can go run, get this guy, yeah. hop on, so you don't have to come back in, yeah, so, so those enemies are not like looking at yeah. you. Like, yeah, hey, he's out of coming, coming one in right, time. right here. That one that time. always seems like a gray area to me. Is like it is. Is like at what at what point do we realize that the zone is too hot to come in on, and who's making that executive decision? It's in the air. The, the, pilot, the, the pilots. Pro. Yeah, yeah. the pro and so it, they're, like, uh, they're like they're like that was the greatest thing about Pedro, and that's kind of what we were known for was like we were ready to come in on this Blackhawk and this HA sixty ready to just run and gun with it. Yeah, it doesn't and, matter the
0: situation. Yeah, we're going to you, be yeah, landing. I don't
1: know the size of it, the HA sixty, but if you were to picture like this massive object in the middle of nowhere and it's very easy to shoot, that was the decision. It was like, do we keep the pilot and my crew on the ground unsafe? We have a gunner and a and a FE, which is a um, flight engineer, a flight engineer, both have fifty cal's ready to lay some hate, or we tell you, to, you know, take off and just watch dog bone pattern, yeah. and just watch us while we're doing it on the ground. Well, that decision was like, hey, they're right there, so we run across this cornfield, we're getting shot at. I'm link up with this guy, and I see the patient, and as a medic, he's in a decorticate position, which is in my head, man, he's already has brain damage. Like a decorticate mm-hmm. looks like this, like towards the core and to cerebrate is like this both something was wrong with his brain like a i knew that petrified already. look
0: almost yeah it and like, was no, this from
1: blunt force trauma so, from the shot uh, yeah, or was so, it
0: actual penetrating yeah, ground so
1: I'll, uh, so we bring him on the onto the helo yeah. he has this wrapper on his head and the medics on the ground did their best to, to take care of this guy um so we pull him in my job as the medic on that mission was to take care of the head and then my other PJ was to take care of the legs and then the was mm-hmm. up and out on the radio talking to the hospital and the other helo and so on. Okay. Well, it, the vibration's in there. You can't hear anything. Yeah. Stuff's flying everywhere. We have to close the door. If the litter's too long, then it doesn't, like, depends on you can't close the door. Yeah. Now you're having to work. Like, just think of that. Then it's windy yeah.
0: everywhere. Too. And
1: uh, yeah. again, like falling back to your training. I pull this guy in, the vibration's happening, and this seal of like cotton, not cotton, but uh, like um, a wrap on his head pops off. He had been shot in his eye and it blew out his ear. Oh, so he's sh- still fighting. He's shit. still alive. He's wow. still, you know, he's fighting. So I look at this patient. Immediately, we hook up the monitor and make sure that you see, like... Come oh, talk to us, sorry. Yes, get like, get up into, way way into that mic, mic, brother. <laughs> so, um, you know, we look at his oxygen. His levels are dropping from, like, you know, ideally we want any person standing right here at 98 to hundred, sure. you know, SpO2, which is your oxygen levels. Yeah. Well, it's dropping from 80, 79, 78. So you know that yes. he's going to lose, you know, he's losing oxygen. So I try to throw in again, like with fractures on the face, the last thing you want to do is throw an MPA into someone's nose, yeah. uh, but it was on this side. So in my head, and again, this is comes to like, you're, you're the one making the decision at this point. Like there's no one, there's no instructor over you going, yeah. would you do that? So and that's got to be completely surreal for you at and first. It, this is my second helo mission. So yeah. I'm like, holy cow, like, am I doing this thing? <laughs> We're right? just thrown into it. Yeah. Yeah. So and ex- you're like, okay, again, falling back to my training. Exactly. I made the decision to throw an MPA on the right side. I'm sure people are going to disagree with me, but I didn't yeah. want to go too invasive. So because he had trismus, which is locked jaw. He's yeah. foaming out of his lips and out yeah. of his nostrils. So I throw one in there. Okay. It's not working. I try to do a jaw thrust maneuver at that point. Like, Sure, I could probably put in some drugs that might relax him. Sure. Mm-hmm. But is that gonna mess up with his brain and this and the like he oxygen just, he going to his going brain? Yeah. And yeah. People are like, well, I, you know, the pig, the quarterback was like, I would do this and this. And, and it's that. And easier it's like, to say in hindsight is. after yeah, the and fact. I, I I mean, and I still like ask people, what would you do in this situation? Anyway, so I cannot get this guy's jaw open. I mm. want to innovate him. I can't. Okay. And then, so I decide to crank him. So I get both knees on top of him on the litter. I end up criking this guy. We get the tube and then boom, we land. The, uh, the German guys are the ones who pick people up over in Bashan. Yep. And then boom, they take off. And that was the last time I saw him. Mm-hmm. So something like this uh, can give you some stress of like, for the like three days, I was like, man, did I do the right thing? I wonder what this guy's doing. Yeah. So I'm telling this exact story as an indoctrination uh, instructor. And this guy in the background goes, you were here at this time and I was the guy who was carrying the litter with you. That was my best friend. Put him on the helo. Your actions brought him home to, brought him to Germany and brought him back home. And his parents pulled the plug three months later with his immediate and extended family. And that was years after that happened. And I remember like, You know, you're supposed to be this tough guy and this and that and fearless as this, you know, operator, but I like almost broke down, like crying in in this this class in front of my students. I held it, I held it together, but I was like, holy cow. I walked right up to him, gave him a hug. And the actions that he saw on the ground and how fast we were and how fluent is the reason why he's a PJ today. He actually left the Marines to go be a PJ. But the actions that we do, and it doesn't, it's not just PJ, but anyone. Yeah. Over there, doing those things, don't realize the impact that you have on. Yeah, like, and you it's easy to forget about happens. too. You know, you're just yeah. doing your job, doing your job, fighting for freedom, and then boom, you know, these things are happening. You just never. Yeah, know, and so I, I don't even think that fighting for freedom is is what a majority of us are thinking out there. We're we're thinking, fight for the guy to the left and right left of man, man yeah. and let's get these guys home safe. Yeah. And you're like, I did my job, and it's like, brush off your hands, and you're totally totally don't think about it anymore, but yeah. I mean, having that kind of closure of, I'm sure that guy was in your mind, you know, for years. Oh, it was. And I just never knew. And I would like talk to docs. I'm like, what would you do? And they're like, I think I would do the same thing, you know? And that's reassuring. I mean, and I, then they could tell you too. And you'd be like, why don't you tell me what you would do now with bullets flying at you? Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Or <laughs> yeah. And it, it's uh, and if you guys have never been in a helicopter for the audience, like working on a patient over him, while you're banking out of a city, the G's from a helicopter, you cannot even like barely lift your knees off the ground. Like that's how tight it is. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm five foot five on a good day. And I think I used to be like five, seven.
0: <laughs> I used to be My six foot like, four. You're five yeah. four.
1: like, I measured you. I'm like, I'm not five foot
0: four. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to get
1: shorter and shorter, yeah, bro. Just, I'm going to be like a <laughs> hobbit. My feet are getting bigger, hairier. I noticed yeah. that about your yeah, feet. Yeah, I was yeah. like, i wear a size 14 <laughs> shoe, no. like five, five. So yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's got to be that's got to be great closure, you know, ha- seeing the impact of the work that you do and and the difference that you make. But uh, I mean, do you are you in contact with this guy anymore? Or did you, or, or I'm sorry, this guy this guy didn't make it. He didn't make it. No, so they His pulled buddy. the plug though. Oh, yeah. How? So just three months he was in the hospital. So they three months he was he was fighting. And they were like they made the decision, mm. you know, in the ICU or yeah. wherever he was. Never today. regained consciousness. No, no, that was yeah. uh, And I, you kind of could tell is that, like, you look at the quarter kit, like that's really. That's pretty far out there. Like, it's really hard to come yeah. back from that state. Mm. But again, he was still there. So like some people think that like when people are unconscious, isn't they don't hear you. So like people, you encourage, you know, families to come in and talk to the patients. Yeah. I, I literally just did like 30 days in ICU. I was telling him earlier. That's what I just got. I literally two days ago just got back. And, uh, you know, I encourage the, the family to come in and talk to them. And it gets them to fight for uh, for their life, you know, the, the will to fight. Yeah. But in his so, case, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously he wasn't, couldn't come back from that but yeah. you know whatever actions that we're doing over there
0: resulted in, in that closure able able of family home. instead
1: of a yeah you know you know yeah. a, a coffin with an american flag on it coming yeah. back like that was most of them are coming do you, back do like you that. stay in contact with the family at all do you stay in no i've never met the family okay. um, really that's a great that's a great uh question i never even thought about it i talked to uh the pj who's who was on the mission okay but yeah. Have, yeah you, I mean, have you
0: kept in contact with anybody that you've uh, picked up? That's, I mean, that's more or less the purpose of this podcast is to try and reconnect them.
1: Uh, there I'm was another curious. guy who's actually in the pipeline right now. He was a marine, and he was on the. There was a vehicle-borne ID that blew up seventeen Georgians, and you talk about like those scenarios that we do at our unit, where it's like, i yeah. okay, I'm the, the medic at our unit would like set up these scenarios where there was like pieces of wood through people's... The mask has, yeah, like, like... And then the guy who's, like, yeah. smoking a cigarette, like, just wandering off, like, he was crazy. Some random yeah. dude, like, pinned to a wall. We were like, how did he get yeah. there? Oh, it was an explosion. Yeah, but <laughs> what's crazy is that those things, like, were manifest. That was exactly what we saw. Mm. We saw... Yeah. So this... There were 17 Georgians watching, you know, playing Xbox and watching TV and a vehicle-borne IED, IED, like, a guy came in a vehicle over the hill, ran into the building, blew up the entire building. Now, imagine, like, all these things that you see on the wall, like this light right here, this lamp with the with the sticks, like that wood's gonna smash and it's going to come flying. where is it yeah, going to go? It's going to land in someone yeah, that's what I your saw. body like there was like chips I mean of there, wood and people it was crazy there's insane stories that, like the the craziest thing yeah you know, one of the craziest things I've heard was uh you know uh, i d you know suicide vest comes up to this guy and just clacks it off and one of my buddies was sitting behind his his friend and was peppered by bone shrapnel. Oh, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. uh, like he would have thought he's pulling out his buddy's bones from his face, you know, and it's just. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, so you get yeah. shrapnel from absolutely anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So horrendous. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, like I that. mean, that's terrifying, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And we got to help. We got to help with a lot of those Marines over there. There was like probably. 15 Marines that were just shuttling patients for us and helping mm. us out. And nice. uh, the guy that I'm talking about, he had, he was like in the tent next to the building and he had just taken pre-workout. This guy's in phenomenal shape and he's like, Oh, I'm feeling jitters. So he goes to the gym and that tent got blown up and he showed us a picture of like the, the hammock that he was on. It was broken half. Like it would have killed him.
0: Like it, and it landed in, you know, and yeah, his like literally right there. Wow, and the next, man. you know, he's out
1: there helping me. He was literally next to me. I'm working on patients and he's like, this is what I want to do. Nice. So then just over time, he decided to leave the Marines and come via PJ. And now he's in the pipeline doing his thing. Yeah, that's so, great. So you're, you're an instructor. So I was an you were an instructor. Yeah, Did so you ever I, get to train anybody you, you went, you know, that went overseas that came back into the program or was like, Hey man, you inspired me or anything like yeah, that. What's so, that's nice. so crazy because, um, what you say at Indoc and you put these little tidbits in their head and you, you yeah. have quotes and this and that. And, and they're like, In rem- years later, you go to their graduation or they come back and they're like, I remember what you said three mm. years ago. I just yeah. want to let you know it stuck with me the whole Impact. time. And you're things like, holy you don't think cow. About. You're like, wow, like, oh, I, I don't remember what I said. You're like, I said yeah.
0: that? <laughs> um, I said that? Sounds yeah, good. <laughs> I think
1: that's, um, that was my goal as an instructor was to not only just physically get them ready, but mentally mm. get them through things. Because I think we all know, like, the biggest thing is mental. Like, can you get through something?
0: Absolutely. Sure. I can
1: throw a ruck on and do a hundred miles or whatever, but yeah, you know, how are you going to react in certain situations, yeah, Staying sure. calm, collected, and just being resilient? And The, the commonality too, is, you know, we, we hear plenty of these stories. Um, you know, we've heard, we've heard of the ID that goes off and stuff like that, but every situation is different. You know, I, I've heard a million of those stories of, yeah, I was, I was mounted or dismounted. You hear all that stuff, but the intricate details that go into it, everybody experiences something else. So of course. PTS is going to be substantially different across the spectrum. Absolutely. You know?
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just programs that different branches do, you know, uh, when you get back, like, the, I think those are important, like the take re- the time off and like, yeah. you know, do de- depress or, uh, what is it called? Um, decompress, decompress, decompress. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. decompress yeah. a little bit. I had a mentor, uh, again, he's, I'm not going to say his name, but he always talked about these things. You, you have this shelf on the back of your shoulders, your entire life. And every mm. time that you do something that's stressful, you just write a little letter and you're like, okay, that's it. And you just put it on the shelf mm. and then you just keep yeah. doing that. You just keep doing that. Next thing you know, the shelf
0: just starts, starts getting a little bit down. Heavier, and yeah. heavier and
1: heavier. And until you take those bottles off and talk about those things. And that's and, exactly you know, it's it. It's like exposure therapy, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. otherwise it just keeps building up and then you break one day and you do something stupid or just like ruin family, of you know,
0: yeah. Could just you be and there, a there, a these type of things, things. And, and yeah. invisible
1: wounds too, or just, you know, yeah. it's, it's not as acceptable as someone with a, ph- you know, physical injury. And by acceptable, I mean, uh, you know, people feel awkward and uncomfortable and it's actually, you know, a diagnosed issue that they're facing. So it's like a lot of people don't want to talk about the topic at all. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> you know? a lot of guys do or don't. And especially like yeah. with our career fields, they want to yeah. be this like this tough guy yeah. and, and this and that. And sometimes that's definitely not the best. And we were talking about yeah. breathing exercises and meditation and finding yeah. God and, and just doing these things where like, you know, there's so many tools to, to help you out with that stuff. Just use them yeah. and don't be afraid to. I mean, to did you ever find yourself it. on objective? Just like, okay, time to take a breath and reassess my plan here. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, I was baptized in, in Afghanistan. Oh. And I was just yeah. having this fear. I had like this overwhelming, like impending doom fear of like this is it,
0: mm-hmm. like this yeah. is it. And
1: that was a second time. in and and Hellman Valley it was just like holy oh, yeah. cow. Like the things we were doing was insane for it was me, rough you know. Out there. Yeah. And I get everyone has their levels, and I say that for me. Like for me, yeah. that was pretty intense, you know. And I was like, man, I, I don't know when it's gonna when I'm gonna go, and I don't know what's you know what's after and this and that, and it's like yeah. it stressed me out.
0: Is that and, something uh, you found
1: solace in? Yeah, absolutely, religion, absolutely, okay. and. Uh, it just, um, you know, I've always stuck with that. And I just... Yeah, forgive me, I thought when you said baptized, you meant bath, baptized in the blood of all your enemies, <laughs> yeah, right? right.
0: <laughs> Look at you in your you eyes. You were baptized. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> so. there's, there's a lot of different outlets for people though. And that's something that Dave and I are pretty involved in, in various different aspects, is trying to get people involved in new communities and new challenges. And I mean, a lot of people find it in religion. Some people find it through therapy. I found it through skydiving for me. That was a huge yeah. outlet. And I just mean, talking to people yeah. in the community
1: and so on. Exactly. If you always yeah. bottle it up, like you can learn from anyone. They always talk about you can learn from anyone. Like, for example, my six year old is like, What do you want to do when you grow up? And she's like, <laughs> And you're like, You know, most kids are like, I want to be a doctor or this and that. She's like, I want to be happy. It's, it's interesting you know, it's, to me oh, that you're wow, talking nice. more about, you know, the mental health aspect of it when you're dealing with the physical injuries of things. And it just showcases the fact that you know, mental health is so important, you know, and all the fatigue and stress that you're feeling, you know, on your side of things and on the, on side of, uh, you know, their injury as well, you know, so you both have to kind of find common ground. Yeah. You know, from your point of view and I mean, really both sides, but your point of view of what happened, what happened with you and then the guy, you're talking about the guy who came in and and saved you. Hmm. Um, you, I guess from my point of view, you have like a sense of responsibility to be the best you can as a PJ, because one thing that always bothered me is like, I'd pick up a patient, I'd do medicine on them. And I'm like, man, did I do the best? And Mm -hmm. for example, we picked up an Afghani. Um, And it's not just, we don't just pick up soldiers, like, you know, different branches and the French and the whole contingent, like, you know, picking up locals and helping out a lot of local nationals, lines of people. And we're, we're willing to go out in the middle of nowhere just to grab anyone Mm -hmm. who needs help. And so We pick up this patient and he's a pretty young, like 15 year old Afghani and he had his leg blown off Mm. and the medics on the ground, it was like, they were just getting shot at. They, the tourniquet was pretty loose. So we threw on uh, another tourniquet, stopped the bleed, but his leg to me, it looked like spaghetti. That's the best way I can, I can do that. And I've never dealt with an injury like that. It's just another injury. Like, Holy cow, what do I do? Go back to my training. Crap. I've never trained this. What do I do? So like, I try to wrap it up as best as I could and this and that. And then we go to the surgeon in, and into the hospital and I go to the surgeon. He's like, you know, in probably heavier words, I'm allowed to say here. He was like, what in the, is this? Yeah. what yeah. <laughs> is I was this?" Like, He's like, who, who did this? Who did this? <laughs> and I was like, I did. Yeah. He goes, what in the heck is this? Like, this is unacceptable. So my, cause I just didn't know how to wrap it up. I just yes. this and that. So yeah. So then my team leader, he was pretty abrasive about that. He was like, you're going to do a splint you're going to wrap a leg just like this in training here. When we get back to the hooch mm. 500 times and I did it 500 times.
0: Yeah. Tough and, and while the yeah. meanwhile, yeah. you're probably just fuming stuff. in your head. You're just well, like in my head. Yeah, I'm like,
1: man, I could be better. I could be yeah. better. Beating yourself the up a little. You have is, yeah. Is in that role. But then what do you know? The next week I have a very, very almost the exact same mission. And then I mm. wrap it up. Like I've been practicing. I go to the same surgeon and he's like, who did this? And I was like, me, yeah. He's like, this is beautiful. This is yeah, exactly yeah. what he's <laughs> yes. it's a win. So I was like, yes. So, yes.
0: you know, it was me again. Yeah. Repetition,
1: you yeah. know, I always talk about good luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Like, that was a perfect Dexterous. example of like, I was prepared and the opportunity came and boom, success. So, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, so, so let me ask you this. And just because I'm curious too, is like, you know, what, what goes on behind the scenes from start to finish of like, I mean, how fast are you guys able to? Launch out, you know, get on the bird, go out there. Uh, I mean, you know, from the initial call, start to finish, what you're doing on the bird. Like, yeah, wh- what's that's going a great on? Great question. Okay, so for example, when we're in Bastion, uh, one thing that's great about our crew field is, and everyone in our Hila, anyone in the rescue triad, is the motivation of every single person. Everyone is motivated mm-hmm. to be as fast as they can and most efficient as they can. Yeah. So everyone's on the same mindset. There's not one guy just like lollygagging. Like, what's happening? Like, it doesn't yeah. happen like this. Like, hey. Uh, scramble, 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 which is basically we had this radio that we always kept next to each other. And it was, uh, you hear the squelch and you hear scramble, scramble, scramble. Yep. Yeah. And And then next, you know, you just run it. You grab your stuff. You have your, like a little locker, you grab all your crap and you're throwing it on and you run right into the rescue operation center. Now, if you're a regular medic, a PJ, but you're not an element leader or so on, then we're sending you out to the helo and I'm radioing to you. Hey, this is the nine line. It says we have four patients. Two of them are amputees. Start getting the blood ready. Or let's say, like, hey, these guys are trapped. Okay, I need the heavy reds, which basically has, like, extrication gear. Yeah. I need you to get that stuff on. You have three minutes to get that stuff done. Yeah. So then, like, guys are like, three minutes? We got two minutes, guys. Two minutes, you yeah. know, kind of stay yeah. ahead. And we are... Our capabilities were to... Basically off the tarmac within seven to ten minutes. Yep. So within yeah. seven minutes, like we are flying towards. Seven you. minutes of the call, and you're yeah, we're like see you later. out. We're out there, and and you're not knowing what you're going into, no, right? No, you At don't. all, you're and blind. And the nine lines weren't exactly perfect. They're right? they're so not. They're, they usually not complete. It's like, man, it, yeah. yeah, it's not what we we saw in the nine lines. The TLC, right? So threat so threat like location condition of like, yeah, one guy got shot. Now we have five patients. And yep. It's like, okay, what do we need to do? The combat res- rescue officer, the team leader, they're making decisions like, hey, do we need to call the British? Do we need an extra 47 out here? And they yeah. have like the whole, the Tricky. shindig, like an operation. in the- So leadership's scrambling yeah, everywhere to figure out like- what's going on. Because, you know, I mean, when we, you know, Rangers at least, you know, you're preparing for the operation. You have time to brief and you guys don't. It's just like, okay, the brief is in flight, you know? Yeah, like- and that depends on... Where you're at. At that point, we were like kind of that medevac and we're just going in there, you know, search and rescue, doing our thing, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then in Africa, when I was deployed over there, there was a little bit more chill. It was like, hey, this is what's happening. Mm. Here's some intel. Let's yeah. do a little mission planning where our combat rescue officer is in there doing work and those guys are geniuses at this stuff. Like, I'm talking like we walk into a room when we were doing a mission over there and they had like these, these white, um, huge, you know, 20 by 20 pieces of sheet. And they were just like, writing everything and the whole room was filled with like what they were going to do. And then we'd get the brief and they did all the work, staying up at like no sleep, just drinking coffee. Yeah. And the next thing you we go in there like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And we were doing a different mission. Yeah. And uh, that was a pretty cool mission that we did out there. So then it's just, it varies of where you're at. And, but the thing is the capabilities are there. Yeah. So five to seven minutes you're in, in flight, you have to adapt and overcome, you know, whatever you're facing at this moment, at this point in time. Uh, you know, tell us what happens when you get on the ground securing the, from securing the area to getting the guy in. So this is something that a lot of people don't know. um, And I I love to talk about this. So we did things called rehearsals. So Bill Posh, he was my team leader for seven years. He passed away a few years ago in a helicopter crash. Uh, Rest in peace. I love that guy. He's the best PJ I've ever worked with. Hmm. When I augmented Nellis, they were like, he was like, you're going by yourself as an element leader but you're going to rock with me for five days and I'm going to teach you something. So he brought me out to the Hilo every single day and he taught me rehearsals of everything he saw. He had done like, like a coach, like a football coach. Mm. He had taken video from the last three years there in, in Hellman Valley, the last two years. And he watched all these videos, how long they were on the ground for. And he built these like, uh, these roles. So everyone on the, on the Hilo knew exactly what to do to the point of like, who was closing the door? Like that was yeah. to the point. So, did he have backups too? Like, oh if, man, it was If crazy. this guy goes down, this guy's getting a yeah, Well, so precision. one yeah, of So it was like, okay, so here's the scenario. You're picking up two Marines, double amputee. This next one was like, you're picking up two uh, pucks, which is a person under control. Like, mm-hmm. the rules, rules of engagement are kind of crazy over there. Like, you could get in a firefight, and I'm sure you know, like, and that guy didn't die, the guy that was just trying to kill you. And then yeah. now you have to call medevac for that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was yeah. crazy that, that was happening. You can't just, like, plug a guy it wasn't that wasn't the way it was it's yeah. just like hey so then we're always going in there. double tap brother. <laughs> just to let you know real yeah, quick so. rangers have a philosophy no one's uh, no one's coming back on the bird with us <laughs> yeah so so that was the mission was like okay you're picking up this puck so how do you treat that yeah um and then we had all these scenarios and so when i went over there i had to establish who i was i was from a different unit mm. and i kind of just like you fake it till you make it Yeah. and so i puffed my chest up and and I was just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And I ended up being the element leader on my bird. Nice. And every morning I was like, you will show up one hour early and we will do rehearsals for an hour straight before we even start our shift. Yeah. And then at first they're like, what the heck? And then it just got, we got better and better at it. And to the point where these missions would come down and we would be off the ground three minutes faster than the year before. Yeah. With the same exact mission. And so we talk about like saving the time is, is, Life, not time is money in this this situation. Time is life. Like if you've ever bled out for a minute in a femoral artery, like you're losing like tons of, you know, two liters of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Those minutes count when you're trying to save someone. So I, you know, hats off to him. I'm not going to steal that or take that at at any rate. Uh, That guy taught me that and we brought it to Nellis and everyone started doing it and we were just saving time and saving lives. And so there's a lot of stuff that, intricate stuff that goes into just one mission. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So we would, We'd get the mission. We'd jump on the helo. If we heard on the nine line that there was double amputee or we needed blood, yeah. we would set up these blankets that are like self-warming blankets. So basically you open this package and once oxygen hits this, this litter, it's like, or not litter, but like a blanket, yeah. it becomes warm. We put it on the litter. And, and even if it's 120 degree weather, like if you're losing blood, like, you know, hypothermia is going to kick in and so on. So Basically, you know, we get off the the ground or get on the ground, and we're running across wherever we need to go. Or sometimes we'll meet guys. I'll have my specific head meeting the team leader on the ground. he's going to give me intel. The medic's going to meet the guys who were the litter and so on. And we know exactly what we're doing. Bring them in there. Blood's already spiked. uh, White tubing's already good, and we're not pushing blood like through, you know, titrating or we're drops, like, we're pushing blood through 50 CC syringes. Yeah. Like, as much and as, as fast Just as we can. As fast as possible. Given TXA, which is like that clotting, yeah, uh, clotting drug, and, and we're given ketamine for the guys who are pretty jacked up and need to kind of chill out and disassociate <laughs> them, them from their injuries. I mean, that's exactly what I said when I, was, when I was on scene. I know they had the good, you know, the, the good, good candy good, with yeah. them. So I was like, hey, just make, I was like, just make me not remember. I'm good with everything else. And, and apparently, you know, most of these guys are joking and, <laughs> you know, joking on the bird and stuff like that. Have you ever seen that? Like these guys are the guys who got ketamine? Yeah. Anyone who's like, yeah. Oh, every loopy. Single, every every single, single patient that I got. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we picked up uh, these six Marines got, they were in an NRAP and they got hit. And it was crazy because we came in at night, we're under MBGs and we're like, where is, where are they? Like, it's that tower. Do you see the tower at, at 11 o'clock? And you're like, no. And you look in it and it looked like this water bottle right here. That's what it looked like in the distance. That okay. was an MRAP on its back. It had oh. been blown up. Get on that mic, brother. It had, been, it had been hit like this. <laughs> and two dogs, two canines fell from the very top all the way to bottom. So, as a medic on that helo, wow. I had one dog and three Marines and they were all injured from, you know, arm broke to a shoulder, this and that. And yeah. I had pre syringed ketamine. And I was just, psh, 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 psh. and they haven't eaten in like, I think it was like 12 hours. Oh, they're waiting. like
0: goodbye. And, uh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. And so it was like, those guys were like rock and roll, yeah. you know, just acting yeah. crazy. They forgot about their injuries. Yeah. The dog, obviously like the dog was the hardest because it was just huffing and puffing. And you could throw a dog a ball right now, 10 feet, and he's going to be breathing like that. Well, I didn't realize that the next day the vet, vet came in and said, hey, who was the guy who worked on that? And I was like, I was like, me, another one of those, me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, that dog had a double pneumo. So like popped lungs, both of my, you know, for the audience, is was like wow. two popped lungs. And she was like, well, there's really nothing you could have done. You don't really know. Man. The time was short. And yeah. it's like, man, so you just and also you're learning. Yeah, well, not, you're also not, not a veterinary. veterinarian. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you learn like canine how to do yeah. IVs and so on, but it's like, You talk about the anatomy of a Mm. canine and so on. But again, it's like the learning curve is just like constant. So again, from the knowledge from a book to experiences.
0: Yeah, completely different. The way I I like to describe rescue is a dynamic response to a dynamic environment. Yeah, When when people ask about it, like, what's it like? Like, you don't know what today's going to be or tomorrow's going to be. It could be absolutely insane or you could play video games all day on your deployment. You have no idea what's going to happen. And when it does drop. I mean, so does your heart and you're racing to the bird to mm-hmm. get out there, going as fast as you can. And sometimes it's completely different than what was on the nine line. Yeah. I've yeah. showed up to multiple, multiple missions where- Controlled chaos. Scene. Yeah. Controlled, Controlled chaos. Scene. Yeah. And it's completely different than the way they described it. Yeah. The information that was in the nine line, big disconnects like that. And you have to be able to respond immediately. Because cool. yeah. I mean, you're, you know- can be calm
1: and <laughs> Adapt or die. Exactly. Yeah, God damn it, we don't have enough
0: time <laughs> to die. And that, yeah, exactly. time to bleed. And that's the last yeah, thing
1: you, you want your patient to, to look at you and go okay my guy who's saving me is freaking out right now yeah. and, you know I'm going to start freaking out like exactly. that's the last thing i want to stay calm and yeah. you know and that's what we do all this training for is to stay calm and hectic situations. so are you okay. sorry go ahead please. so I was going to say when you're on the bird you know and you're performing your, your first aid are you you know what, what's going on with them are you talking to them are you giving them the information are you Holding it, do you hold it back ever sometimes? You're like, you know, hey, dude, you're totally fine when you know they're fucked up. So it's funny. Um, sometimes, if, depending on how awake they are, we'll put on these headphones and basically I can talk to them like, yeah. like we're talking right now. So I'll kind of walk them through. Hey, mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, we're finding out we're going to, we're going to put an IV in you or we're going to put a, depending if, how messed up there, and I can't get a line. If they've lost blood, it's really hard for me to find a vein. So I'm gonna do, we're gonna do an IO, yeah. or whatever it may be, which is like IV into your bone, IV into your bone, yeah. goes into the marrow, and so on, which is a guarantee, you know. Like, it, but it don't know, feel great, yeah, it doesn't feel great, and so on. Uh, but I like to talk to my patients, keep them calm and collected, and mm. just let them know that, hey, you know. And a lot of guys will crash, like they their anxiety, not anxiety, but like they're just adrenaline is running so much, and then you get them on the Hilo, they know that they're safe, and they're like good night and just you know, they're like oh, i'm just so smoked yeah. you know because they were
0: just fighting for their life at that that point. couple mm-hmm. you know, so. ketamine and fentanyl and like high-grade opioids yeah, so, yeah, yeah i absolutely. can imagine just like pushing yeah. the
1: drugs that make them feel good and just get them safe to the hospital that's really so you thing. get you get them to the hospital and then you just drop them off and that your your job's done or do you go in or what yeah so we usually get into a bread truck so we mm. call it the bread truck. It looked like a—it's an old bread truck. That's what we use over there. So we throw the patient—we uh, call it, you know the ambulance, or whatever—and uh, or an ambulance depending on where it was. I was think, trying to think yeah, of a like, terrible like, pun, but yeah, I can't. Like, or, or whatever. <laughs> and we bring him into the into the uh, hospital and yeah. to talk to the surgeon or the doctor, and we would do a handover. Yeah, say, hey, this is a patient. This is how old he is. This is what happened. These are injuries. This is what we gave, and then we basically give him the patient treatment card and say, hey, this is what we what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, or what we did. And then you kind of like ask questions or whatever, and then next you know you go back to your hooch and go on the next mission.
0: Yeah, and then that's so. In between Um, those missions, do you you have a personal way of decompressing, or would you typically wait until like end of the day, end of the deployment?
1: So yeah, so we jack steel. Yes. And I weigh about 160. I was about 184, just oh. yoked. Yeah. Like yeah. Patrick Swolsey. Like, that's who I was, like, <laughs> <just yoked. laughs> I was. I felt like so strong. Traposaurus Rex. Oh, dude. So, uh, so yeah. Gentle. Legs for days. Oh, dude. I could squat like yeah. a house back then. Eyes for the yeah. guys. Yeah. Tries. yeah. Oh, I remember take, like, those pre-workout days. And sometimes sort
0: of
1: yeah. like, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's uh, like, for example, if we were out there in the winter, it was like, eh, they're, they're in their house right now. They're chilling. So let's just take a couple scoops of pre workout. Yeah. And the next you know, it's like scrabble, scrabble, <laughs> yeah. scrabble. And you're, and, you're, like, and you're like five, ah!
0: five, five foot five,
1: as yeah. you mentioned earlier, yeah. and 185 pounds of pure beefcake, brother. <laughs> Straight <laughs> yoked, and uh, Or that, or we play Call of Duty. Yep. Like, yeah. That was one thing we played was Call of Duty. Yeah. And obviously, we didn't use internet. We just played against each other. Yeah. And Locally. that was something we all, you know, just you can press and sat on the couches, We had like a little hooch in there that we just played Call of Duty. It's yeah. awesome. Or just like mess with ropes and just kind of learn some other stuff. Yeah, the old rock climbing. Working out and rescuing people. Yeah, left you're not right. doing a lot of like ropes and different things out yeah. there. So you're just doing that kind of stuff. You so got to realize,
0: Dave, that when scramble goes over the radio, that means drop whatever you're doing right now and sprint to the helicopter. All I could think of was how cool would it look in slow motion. That's all. Was <laughs> it doesn't look cool when you're on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <I've been> t- <laughs> I'll, I'll tell like, you that much. We've all. Have you done it? Yeah. We're like, I've hey, done where it. where you at? You know, I've done it. It's scramble, 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 sitting on the can. Well, you and better you squeeze roll. it out, man. Oh, you just pull your pants up and run. Yeah, just pull your pants up and run. Yeah, there's Fun. some uncomfortable yeah, But that's the mentality. It's a
1: perfect example of it. Like, yeah. And it's like go time. Yeah. And uh, drop everything. Always, like, no matter how tired you are or whatever's wrong with you, you took much pre-workout, your sore does not compare to the guy who needs your help. Yeah, exactly. 20 away. Yeah. So that's your mentality. And every single person on the team has the same mentality. So that's what I love about the community. And yeah, I mean, you're, I you're also serving with a bunch of people who want to be there. You yeah. know, they're all volunteers and, mm. you know. And they're not going to go through the, the crap they did through the pipeline. Exactly. Just to, so you're yeah, working with professionals lady. that yeah. are all motivated to be there. Yep. Yeah, you that, know?
0: that is one thing that I love about the whole rescue community is that we all come together. I mean, we have our jokes back and forth between 60 guys, like helicopter guys like me and PJs and the C-130 guys. Yeah. That's what we call the rescue triad—is those three weapon systems coming together to perform a rescue. But when that when the ball does drop, we all come together, work together incredibly well, and yeah. uh, it's just that desire to to get out there and save a person. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it amps me up. Uh, yeah, just talking about it, just talking it. about just it, just remembering that moment. I mean, it it it's I mean, you're also the most sp- exciting thing of all time. You're
1: saving someone's life too. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not every time, obviously.
0: Not every but time. My I first mean. five were all, yeah, just body recoveries locally out of the San Francisco Bay Area oh, wow. right, when I was out in there. And yeah, yeah so you got to learn the hard way sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: I mean, so, we, I mean, that Christian brings up a good point is like, I, I mean, we mentioned this so many times before with the mental health is, you know, how, how do you feel after coming home from, you know, a rescue where it doesn't go quite like you expected? Yeah. So I've always been pretty hard on myself and analytical of like everything I did medicine wise, yeah. uh, tactically and so on. Could I have gotten better? Yes. I, I, every single mission, I'm like, yeah, I could have done better. And so sure. I'll study that. And I, just in case that mission comes up again. Um, and I think a lot of our guys on our team are the same way. Like they just constantly try to progress to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that will take off the fact that, you know, you're, Spraying out blood on a Hh sixty at the end of the at the end of the uh, and you've done it plenty of times. It's like it's crazy. Or like someone had passed away that was your age. You know, I remember picking up guys, uh, especially on that that mass casualty with the Georgians. There was a guy we took home a hero. You know, that's what we call people who have passed away heroes, Mm -hmm. not deceased or anything. Like it's called a hero. So, um, you know, he was my age, and you're like, man, that is crazy. You were pretty young at the time, right? you, You start to just Every day you just feel blessed that you have the capabilities and the ability to do this type of job. Yeah. yeah. Um and so it just kind of pumps you up to just be better, a yeah. better medic, a better PJ, better person. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, your priority is the the guy out there that needs your help. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's true. So you've, I mean, obviously been on multiple combat deployments. You've done a lot of stuff over here on the civil side too. Um, it, you mentioned something earlier about a bill that you got passed here in Texas. Yeah. So I own a company called Dollar Med. Yeah. Uh,
1: so a couple of years ago, uh, there was a lot of mass shootings that were happening in schools. Mm-hmm. And I saw my, myself and, uh, another PJ, we saw a need for like what was happening. So you think about the procedures of mental health and screening students and doing whatever you can to, yeah. to mitigate a mass casualty and getting guns and whatever From even be. occurring yeah. in the first place. And then place. you have like the yeah. team, the SWAT team, the tactical medical, medical team that's here in San Antonio to go in after it happens. Yeah. Well, you th- look at the, the lull time. It takes about 45 minutes for a team to come in there. Yeah. Yep. A golden and, hour, and by right? Then, yeah. By then, guys, people have already bled out people were dying of tension pneumothorax this is basically your lung collapse, The Tangible mm-hmm. air pushes your lung against your aorta, which is the main vein here, cutting off circulation to your brain. Yeah. And that's how you die. And that takes like 30 to an hour, depending on how, yeah. how much air is going in. It's Not, a, not, not a fun way to go either. Yeah. And, and as a medic, you would think like you have to be this medical personnel. No, all you have to do is put a sticker on a hole. That's what yeah. a chest seal is. You put a sticker on the hole and let the doctors take care so of it later. Yeah. So one-way valve. Yeah, exactly. Not even. Yeah. So basically what we saw was that there was no, there was no bleeding control station. So we developed a kit that has tourniquets all All ahead of his tourniquets, chest Mm -hmm. seals, and like life-saving intervention stuff. Right. Well, so we wrote a bill, HB 496. And I basically wrote like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need in the bill. This is everything that needs to go into school, where it needs to be in the school, not just in classrooms. Mm -hmm. It needs to be in the hallways and so on. And then I testified in front of like 15 representatives in my blues. And I said, this is what needs to happen in in Texas. The guy actually, the lead guy, because it's crazy how it works. You When you testify, there's like a green and red light. Okay. And they give you green lights, like a minute and a half to talk. Yeah. But once it turns red, they're like, that cane comes out and just yanks you yeah. out. Right, oh, off man. Stage. Yeah. So you're like, but in this case, he was, he knew I was a PJ. He okay. was in the Air Force. And once that green light went out and it hit red, he was like, he was kind of the boss and was like, keep talking.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I was
1: like super passionate to the point of like, I was super emotional. Mm. And uh, next thing you know, they, that speech went up and this and that and representatives, of our team. Okay. Uh, Barbara Hawkins, uh, she helped out a lot. She's our representative. And next thing you know, it, Governor Abbott was like, guess what? It's, it's approved, stamped approved. So now That's every awesome. single school in Texas yeah. has a bleeding control station. It's mandatory. What, what made awesome. you recognize that need? Uh, I just saw as a medic, you, you realize how easy interventions are. You don't, yeah. I'm not in a situation like that. Like you see all these kids who are dying. Uh, from bleeding out or uh, a, a tension pneumothorax getting shot in the chest. And, yeah. And you're like, man, what can we do? Well, what's happening at the moment? Do you have the skills and the material to save someone who's bleeding out? Mm-hmm. In that case, two years ago, three years ago, maybe a couple of schools, but no, okay. overall, It was like, yeah. no. So, and who did you have to reach out to to, you know, shake the tree a little bit and uh, get this thing moving? I just started calling people. I would just like, (laughs) literally, I would call people and say, hey. Hey, I rescued you last year, brother. I need a (laughs) bill fast. No, 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 no. It was, uh, I was calling schools and I was calling counselors and I was just reaching out there. And they were like, I just started putting my name out there. This is what we do. And then uh, I did a speech in front of 200 police officers, uh, all chiefs across Texas. Oh, wow. And I remember it being, I was in the very, very back and everyone who was talking, like, would just, if someone was talking, they were doing this, like, to look around so I was like, well, I got the mic. It's just by fate. And I walked all the way to the front, like bumping people to get in the front. I was like, hey, my name's Chris Thomas. I'm the owner of Valor Med. And they're like, cool. And then I'm also a man. And then people were like, oh, because guys are military. attention. Hey, yeah. And then next you yeah. yeah. know, kind of the guy on the panel him. who's in the FBI was a combat controller. So he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> this is crazy. Let him talk. <laughs> and next thing you know, like at the end, again, I'm a pretty passionate speaker. I was so emotional. I was like, raise your hand if you have a tourniquet, like one person, raise your hand if you have a chest seal. And they're like, what's the chest seal? I was like, yeah. these are things that we need to have at all times in any building that we're at, depending on uh, what's, what's happening right now in America. Yeah, readily accessible. And right? Next right. you know it, Barbara Hawkins and JD Smith, who was rep- our representatives were like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: boom, this is a bipartisan kind of thing. Wow. Like, let's get this happening. Let's wow. make it happen. And then next, thing you know, it took off and a year later, it was, uh, I mean, it was that's, that's, that's
0: awesome. And it just shows like,
1: incredible what, you know, if you just, do it. Yeah. Put your effort into it with passion. Like, Yeah. It's gonna happen.
0: Well, you, you probably relate that mindset back to becoming a pararescue man, right? I mean, that same sort of figure it out mentality. I don't know, but I will learn and I'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that's something that comes along with a person of that mindset, I think.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm just thinking here that the testament of your character too is like, you know, you're going and dealing with this, you know, high stress job and, you know, you're thinking about, the kids and everybody back home as well. So, I mean, that that's pretty powerful, man. That's awesome. That yeah, you, you it's really to, grown. Mm-hmm. We're with a company called Samaritan. You like made this gel that you can throw in a wound and it stops the bleed within yeah. seconds. Oh. And then the other one yeah. is technology. So now the kit, like when you open it, it calls 911 and that's through pouty Innovations. It's crazy Man, like that's just pretty wild. That we yeah, in, that's, in the technology, technology that out they're coming up just amazing, with. Amazing like what's going to come out and so on. So yeah. are you focusing on that more now that you're, you know, in the recruiting world? Are you, you know, you're not so active like overseas and all that stuff? So, wh- you know, what do you what do you do on your free time? So, I always talk about like life's path like being easy and the easy path mm-hmm. and the hard path and like I always say like they're both equally hard so yeah. the easy path is like someone who doesn't want to put in work and no one depends on them and they're always self-conscious and this and that like that sucks too yeah right? mm-hmm. and then you have the hard path where it's like you're waking up before everyone you're going to bed after everyone and you're putting in work to do school yeah. to do business and so on so during the day like I'm crushing my job as a recruiter mm-hmm. And then at night, when people are sleeping, I'm doing my business, or yeah. I wake up early and I try to wake up as early as I can. I just bought a Woodway treadmill, so I'm just like running in the morning, get my yeah. juices going, keep moving, yeah, stuff like that. And it's yeah. just like that sucks too, yeah. But in the end, like what's better is yeah, more fulfilling. Well, it's gonna pay off other. too. Yeah, it's so, gonna so you're thinking long term, long term goals as well. You don't want to think in the short <laughs> term of how I'm, how am I just gonna get by this and just yeah, and it's not even about myself. And you guys can contest. It's like. Everything you're doing now shows character, like you're saying, mm. and then my son sees it, my daughter yeah. sees yeah. Set it, set the and, example, and and then yeah. their kids will see it, and it Absolutely. just makes greater and better Americans. And just go on and on and on, and yeah. that's the yeah. goal. Cool. So it's great stuff, brother. So so uh, you know, if you had a message for for you know potential recruits or just civilians or anyone out there, what what would you what would you tell them? Uh, you know, just from a medic standpoint, i say life is short. Uh, if you want to do something, then do it. Yeah. No one's going to make you do it. No one's going to come to save you. That's a big thing is like, no one's coming to save you. Like, yeah. if you want to do something in America, you can do whatever you want, no matter who you are. Mm, yeah. uh, I truly believe that. Um, and, you know, there's shortcuts. And the quote with that shortcut is a smart person learns from their mistakes, but a genius learns from others. Yep. So, so mm. you've seen guys do the same mistakes. Why would you do that? Learn. That way, go the yeah. path they went and learn from yeah. talk to people, education, so on and so on and so on. Whatever, I can go on and on. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let someone else make yeah. your mistakes for you, <laughs> yeah. basically.
0: Yeah. yeah, learn from them. Yeah, learn from it makes them. Makes sense. I mean- so, uh, I want to go back real quick to Alaska. You mentioned you had some cool rescues up there. Do you have any? <laughs> so, we were actually up there, you said 2012? Yeah. I was up there in 2012. That's as well. crazy. It's so, so funny. It's a small world. Chris and it's I. Have high it's a small lives. world. Yeah. <laughs> <we're on laughs> multiple deployments. Yeah. And it's insane. I'm sure you were at Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Florence and all I those. did not get to do oh, that. Oh, you didn't do Harvey. that? Okay.
1: Uh, but yeah, so Alaska was crazy. So we show up, and the team before us were like, dude, we had no missions. <laughs> so then we show up as a horseman. Yeah. Of four of us. And next thing you know, it, like, uh, the the two other guys that were on the other shift, they got a hoist mission, like a thousand foot, like off the shear. Some kids like flew off and they landed that's, on this edge. That's me. That was that you? That was me. So the two With, PJs. With uh,
0: are- Shane and, uh, I don't want to say his last name because yeah, yeah. he's still so in. We'll, we'll, we
1: won't say any names. He's the Air but, Force
0: marathon runner, always eating candy.
1: Uh, who, one of the PJs? Yeah, yeah.
0: No. Bald guy.
1: He might've been on that, but I know, I I, I just know the two other guys that were on that. Yeah. They had fallen down this cliff like a thousand feet and they're on this edge like the size of this uh
0: this table we had to swing them yeah and they
1: swung them over that was their mission and it was like that's
0: insane so it was like a (laughs) thousand foot sheer cliff face with a waterfall and these kids this one guy had climbed up to the top of the waterfall which is only like a maybe 150 feet but the sheer face is right behind the waterfall goes up like a thousand feet we have Mm -hmm. about 200 feet of hoist cable on the helicopter so we had our rotor blades butted up against this sheer face, and we still couldn't get the hoist right over him. So we hoisted out all 200 feet, and the sheer face kind of went up and out. So the higher we went, the closer we could get, but we're limited to 200 feet. So we max it out at 200 feet, and we swing the PJ over, and he takes the big horse oh, collar, man. throws it on this guy, and gets ripped right off. It, yeah, uh, yeah, nuts. Yeah, Alaska. And there's, that's
1: just civilian rescue. So was adapt, civilian. adapt and, and overcome, right? I mean, yeah. figure so it I out. say a few days it later, it I'm on the shift and they're like, hey, uh, there's this place called Flat Top out there. And it's basically like a mountain that has a flat top. People go and visit all the time. Yeah. So the, the nine line was like, you know, not really a nine line, yeah. but the mission was like, hey, there's a guy who's just on top. He had fallen down. Just go pick him up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Whatever. So we show up and me and my team leader get out and we're like, where is he? And they're like, no, he's down here. So like we go over there and it's up. Like, you know, huge thousand foot drop into the ravine. And he had taken his wife. They both fell. He grabbed his wife and just rolled all the way down, hitting literally everything on the way down. And like, his knee was like, his knee was mad. looked like a basketball. So then they were like, uh, my team leader was like, all right, you're uh, you're going in. You're going to hoist in. I was like, oh, cool. But before that, since it said flat top, there's a lessons learned. He's like, oh, you don't need crampons. So crampons (laughs) are like, the stuff you put on the bottom of your shoe that had spikes that Mm -hmm. you can cling onto ice and so on. Yeah. So we go on this, I land. And next thing you know, what do you know? I'm sliding down this this mountain. And I'm like grabbing on this branch. (laughs) And I had the tagline. So I'm supposed to like tagline his with the Stokes litter out so it doesn't spin. This is a line that connects to this Stokes litter. And I'm like, I can't even get a hold of it. And he's just like waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And then this guy, this guardian angel comes out of nowhere. And he's got these glasses I like, just cover. It look like, like Michael Phelps' goggles. And he's like, <laughs> he just comes at me like this. And he's like this fit old man. It's like this Indian guy. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I was like seeing stuff. So he just grabs, he comes at me. Sasquatch. And he grabs this tagline for me. Yeah. He's like, I got you, brother. And I was like, holy cow, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at him. And I'm looking at me. I just look helpless. Like, and then, uh, so I just started like low crawling up this mountain to get to where they're at. And this guy had crampons and he's just doing these weaves back and forth and he's Damn. he's doing the tagline the exact position of what he's supposed to. i was like oh. who is this man? You know? <laughs> the, the mystery. The I mystery asked, man. I asked the people they're like who was that guy? And he's like they're like what guy?
0: And the mountain man. You know, yeah, exactly. The road. mountain man. That
1: wasn't the story. He actually was a retired PJ no from no a last way like years ago. That's and he so just happened funny. to be out there doing whatever he was uh, doing. What is the coincidence? What are the, what are the chances, right? I mean, oh, wow. So then what I finally crawl up there. I finally get like my handle on stuff and I start working on this patient and then we, we hoist up and uh, there's like this snowshoe on a, on a Hilo mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's snowing out there. So it, the, the FE was on there and he got, it got stuck. All the, got yeah, stuck in there. The it's like jammed in there. And so good thing I was doing like bicep curls for like a year straight. <laughs> and I'm like trying to do this thing. And I remember like, finally it was like eight minutes of trying to pull. We finally let get it loose. I come in there and my arm's like T-Rex. Like I couldn't, my arms are just just shot. shot and blow. Just yeah. all blown. and uh, yeah. the guy's like, what is going on? The patient. And I, was like, and I was like, all right, I got some medications for you. This and that. And then uh, we were back at the hospital within like minutes. But that was my nice. first hoist mission in Alaska. Yeah. And just, like, that was my first experience. I was next like, next time, where the spikes? That's you know, wild. Yeah, <laughs> where <wear> <bring laughs> the crampons in my freaking uh, pocket? Yeah. but it, I mean, that's so easy to do with equipment. It's just like, it, it's so easy to just chalk it up. Oh, we're yeah, not going to you know. use this. I and mean, right. it's better to have it, and not need it, right? Exactly. So yeah. I wish I would have brought it you could just drop it off. Man. But yeah, so that was uh, an example. And the rest of it was just like people getting lost in the woods and yeah. so on. Because Alaska is pretty vast. Man. So. so so, where are you recruiting now? Where could, where could we find you at? Uh, I recruit for the west side of San Antonio. Um, okay. I'm in the uh, F flight. Is the best flight. You know, <laughs> I actually came here with my supervisor. Uh, so I making anyone, sure that you're staying on track and not he, saying anything you're saying, not supposed yeah, to, right? I saw him screaming, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't just recruit for special war, I mean, for pararescue, I do special okay. warfare. So you have seer special, your survival mm-hmm. experts, you have your EOD, which is your explosive ordnance disposal mm-hmm. like team. Uh, yeah. we do um special reconnaissance, which is a new career field, uh, combat control, pararescue, and TACP, okay, uh, which is like your tactical air party guys that are dropping bombs as well. So I recruit for all of them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys will call and like, this is what I want to do. And they see these videos and so on. And they're like, just not even close to ready. Yeah. I I take my skills that I learned as an instructor. I try to get them as ready as possible mentally Mm. and physically. They have development sessions and so on. And then when we feel like they're ready, to get through the course yeah oh, come talk to me when you could hold yeah. your breath for five minutes <laughs> yeah oh four minutes not enough <laughs> 435 four <laughs> <35? laughs> get out of here get out of here <laughs> fail fail <laughs> eliminate yeah, yeah. so <laughs> a lot of guys you know it's, it's cool to see that a lot of younger guys are like man i really want to do something like that and i mm-hmm. take the knowledge i've learned as a PJ, as an instructor and yeah. i try to mold it all in one and i'm like yeah. hey this is what you need to do a lot of guys will listen some guys don't, and Tough. it's not for them. Yeah. It's not for you. Sometimes yeah. it's not for them, we'll and that's figure, okay. They'll like, we'll figure it out. It's yeah. not for you. It's not we'll, for you. It's we'll be brutal as you're politically correct over there. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> them, right? <Yeah>. No, <laughs> yeah. <No>. so, uh, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's it's great. I love to, it's it's like a different way of um, helping out the career field mm-hmm. right? in a sense. you know, like A lot of guys will call, and they want to know what the job's about. What's it mm-hmm. like to be PJ? And I can answer those questions right on the spot. Yeah. I talk about family life. Like, yeah. you know, what, what is it like? You know, with the wife and kids and so on, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like. Yeah. Like Roger that you know. So
0: it feels well, hopefully, a more confident.
1: You know, after watching this, you'll have
0: a lot more recruits coming to find you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some, awesome. old, yeah, old dudes who are like <laughs> yeah, interested exactly, in getting back dudes, in. Like, oh, yeah. old Marines can do this. Oh yeah, I'm gonna hop right back
1: in. <laughs> oh man. Well, Chris, it was it was absolutely awesome getting to speak with you today and and find out a little bit more about, you know, what a PJ does and what rescue is all about and how to get, you know, our guys home safe. So appreciate what you do, brother. You're awesome. Absolutely. I'm sold. I'm going to go to the recruiting office myself and then sign up for <laughs> well, a second contract.
0: <laughs> you said bonus? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> We can uh, are you don't on ask social media?
1: About the, the bonuses, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't
0: ask you about the bonuses. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate yeah. the time that you guys. Yeah. Are you me on so. social media? Do you care if people reach out uh, to you at you all? You guys
1: can find me on social media. Okay, it's my wife that kind of runs that. So just look up Chris Thomas. Uh, okay. Okay. Find it. okay, or ValorMed so too,
0: right? So you can look up ValorMed. Perfect. And all uh, stuff. That's awesome. 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 Yeah. All Ooh. right, brother. Those links cool. will be in the bio, and uh, people can reach out to you if they like. Right. Sure. Sweet. Awesome. Cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. This has been metaback podcast. We will see you next time.